I do not wish to speak uh, to the mind and the intelligence, but to another part, something that we miss out in the course of our journey of life, and that is the heart. Heart is a seat. It is the motive force of a life. It's not so much the mind, but the heart that leads us, drives us, without our being aware of it. But it's a paradox of this civilization that as we go through life, through this journey, this is the part that is most neglected. It's given least importance. We go through life missing out on it, and we become, of course, very intelligent human beings. We do well outwardly. But as we do better and better outwardly, paradoxically, we begin to lose something that should be very, very natural to us. And that is simply the smile of happiness that comes from the heart. It's a very big prize. I do not know how many of us understand it. I had a very interesting experience as a as a teacher, I was with the Indian Air Force for 20 years and teaching some nursing students who were going to the slums as they call it and uh, they were going as nursing students to help them out, to understand their problems and to help them out. Um, so, you know, they were all excited about uh, we are going to see the slums, we are going to do some, give some help, etc. They are in need. So I told them, okay, don't go with any preconceived ideas. Observe and come back and tell me what you saw. What are the preconceived ideas? They are in great misery and suffering. And so they need help. They need money, they need this, they need that. So I said, for a while, just observe very openly and come back. This was in Bangalore. So next day I asked them, what did you see? Of course, they noted the deficiency of things. That's the first thing that strikes us to the mind. Then I asked them, did you observe the children? Yes. So what did you observe in the children? Were they looking sad, suffering, distressed? Or they were looking smiling, cheerful and happy? Not to my, um, as expected, and to their surprise, they said, no, they were happy. Doing what? They were running on the streets. They were, you know, scantily dressed. They had hardly anything, but they were looking happy. This happiness is a natural state of us. Should be a natural state. We are born with that. But what happens as we travel through the journey of life, we begin to lose it. And... As we go through life, we bring bar after bar between this, between ourselves and what should be our most natural state. The Upanishads say that, you know, this world is a creation of bliss, delight, but nobody believes it. Why? Because wherever you see, you see pain and suffering. So what happens? Why does it intervene? I'm a psychiatrist and uh, I deal with people who are depressed. And there's a story about a man who visited a place where the psychologically depressed people were there and there was a person crying usha usha and he was in a state of depression so he asked what has gone wrong with him why is he crying out usha usha said well he wanted to marry usha whom he loved very badly but he could marry her so he's unhappy 
Oh, that happens in life. Sometimes you don't get to marry someone whom you love and you are unhappy. Went on to another bed, three, four beds down the line. Another person is also crying, Usha, Usha. He said, this Usha seems to have, you know, been the cause of many heartbreaks. So he said, no, 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 this is a little different story. The girl is the same. The story is different. This man is unhappy because he married Usha. <laughs> the story doesn't end here. He goes a bit little further. And he finds that there is a third person also crying out, Usha, Usha. He says, what's gone wrong with him? What did Usha do to him? He says, no, the problem is this man doesn't even know who Usha is. He is simply observing these two people crying out for Usha. He doesn't know why they are crying. But he believes Usha is someone whose presence would make him happy. So he is crying out, conjuring an image that this is going to give me happiness. You know, it's very unfortunate that as we grow through life, we begin to lose this very natural state. Why? Because we have so many, we conjure. And we conjure because we see everybody crying out. So we take it as a habit that unless this is there with me, I am going to be unhappy. But sometimes happiness can be very, very simple, very, very natural, very, very normal. And why I am saying this, not because we are just in pursuit of happiness, but we are in pursuit of empowerment of the self. So there was a retinue of a sheikh, Sheikh Shadi, who was crossing the desert. And he saw a man sitting under a, you know, in the scorching heat, uh, under a palm tree and eating something. And he asked his court philosopher, uh, who is he? Is he a madman sitting in this scorching heat? Doesn't he have a shelter? So he goes there and the court philosopher sees him and identifies him. No, no, he is a fakir, he is a mystic. What is he doing? He is eating gruel. I don't know if you have tasted gruel. <laughs> you know, that's how the word called grueling affair. <laughs> but uh, gruel can be tasty. So anyways, he's eating gruel. So the court philosopher goes near and says, you know, I always knew you are a fool. He tells this, philo this mystic that you are a fool. He says, why you draw that conclusion about me? He says, if only you knew how to please the king, you won't have need to eat gruel for the rest of your life. So the mystic replied that in that case I think you are a greater fool. If you knew only to eat gruel, you don't need to please the king the rest of your life. No, it can be so simple as that. But as we go through life, different bars are put. We begin to create a kind of illusory world around us. Why call an illusory world? Because you catch it and you lose it. You catch it and you lose it. And in the process we begin to lose something that is so intrinsic and natural to us. So the whole process has to be when we grow up and we begin to you know, realize unfortunately sometimes very late through very hard experiences of life. We have to undertake a very very long process of getting back what was always ours. To begin with, we lost it. And this getting back, the true charge of your life, 
This is empowerment. Empowerment is not about having something outside. Empowerment is a condition where you are in charge of your own life. You decide your own life. Now, how many of us believe that we can completely decide everything in our life? How many believe that everything in our life can be decided and determined by us? Wait. Wow, at least I am glad that there are two hands. But most of us, quite naturally, when we go through life, we feel that there is an unseen something which acts and operates. We plan, things don't happen according to a plan. And we are quite logical in drawing a conclusion that, well, whatever we may do, things don't always go our way. It's a very logical conclusion, no? And to this something unseen, we give a name. Fate, destiny, kismet, God's will, all kinds of fanciful names. As if God had nothing better to do than to act like a CEO, give you some chocolates and you know, cane. Do you really believe that God gives rewards and punishment? How many believe it? Thank God nobody believes. Oh, you do believe. Okay, fine. <laughs> I respect it. But, uh, you know, it sounds little strange, you know, that God would be really indulging in something like giving rewards and punishments, lollipops and cane. So what really decides, what really decides the circumstances of a life? We try, we put ourselves in a certain direction. We also take help, we go and pray. But it looks like there is something unseen which comes and changes everything like a spoiled sport. You know, you play chess and as a child suddenly you are losing the game and children suddenly throw it up. And we just take it for granted as human beings that this is a factor over which we have no control. Factor F unseen hand of fate but truly speaking what exactly is fate if you really study very closely then you will see that fate is woven by a material that we supply you know when you go to a, a tailor and tell him to stitch something and he stitches it and you tell him what have made you are giving me a material which is not very good. So what do I do with it? So when you closely analyze fate, when you closely analyze things that happen to a life, you begin to see that there is something within us which is supplying the material to this fate. And just for a while we will dwell upon some of these things. We had this two minute silence and of course there was this beautiful sound of Om which was filling our ears. But for a moment when we have no such sound, are we really silent? Often we hear, you know, don't carry mobiles and switch off the mobiles. But which is the biggest mobile? And the 24-7 TV? Parents tell now that don't watch television all the time. So what happens when you don't watch television? Are you free from the TV? That's it. This goes on. Sometimes it generates all television is see, all technology and extension of yourself. As we begin to change, new technology will come. Man dreams of flying, these flying. Now what is television? It's computer. They are all extension of something which is there inside. And our this 24-7 TV, 
whose channels or remote is with somebody else you know it plays all kinds of scenes horror movies no saas bhi kabhi bahut hi melodramas have you ever seen that uh, in our mind we are enacting out melodramas tragic things we are thinking this may happen that may happen apprehensions well how does the television work these images are not anywhere stored inside the tv they are built somewhere else they are created somewhere else drama is enacted somewhere else they are picked up by the satellite and the technology and they are projected in the form of vibrations and we get it on the tv screen we switch on as is the channel so is the image displayed something very very similar happens in our life we believe that we are doing things and we all want to you know the cry of today's age is freedom and why not freedom individuality we all want to you know be in charge of a life but we hardly recognize that there are whole set of influences ready made built in and they come to us almost like the little dots and once of the television or computer and as they enter into our arena we switch on out of habit some channels and it begins to play and then this drama which is going on inside begins to come in our real life our fears end up justifying us you know there is a very well known thing in psychology what is uh, you know when children are growing through adolescent many parents tell them that you are no good no good you are useless and many of these children end up proving the prophecy and then when you you know parents will say see i knew it right from beginning but actually they don't realize that they are pushing the child unwittingly not no all parents love their child but they themselves are not in their control and these images are flashing on their mind screen and they simply push it express it through speech through actions and it goes into the child and the child displays it so if you really look into the dynamics of what happens to us we'll see two three things one is that we are surrounded by a mass of influences which comes from all sides have you noticed that there are people books places where if you go suddenly you start getting one kind of thoughts and images and at another time a very different kind has anyone made this observation what happens when you lie on the left side and lie on the right side ever made this observation please try it try it tonight yeah just observe don't do anything just observe that if you lie on the left side what thoughts come to you and when you turn to the right side what thoughts come to you you will be surprised i am not going to bias your mind with anything from my side observe that when you are lying flat and when you are sitting what kind of thoughts come to you observe when you are feeling bored and just lazing around what images flash and when you are busy and active what kind of images flash so you'll begin to observe something that a whole set of we are surrounded by whole set of influences and vibrations and we are not even aware of it and it comes from where it comes we'll not talk about it because this is entering into a 
totally different domain even people's company strangely observe that when you go to a market you have decided not to buy anything just to do window shopping and you end up buying sometimes quite a bit sometimes realizing that your pocket is <laughs> and you have decided not to do it this is one just one example that you go and the market is full of what is called as market forces and of course market forces is a different term used to mean something else but market forces literally uh, in a market everywhere unknowing to people everybody most of the people are going with certain desires and they project it and is there teeming with that and when you go there you just catch it this is a kind of contagion you now we talk about material contagion and contagious diseases this is a kind of contagion we don't know it and this contagion gets into us and we also end up doing it similarly there are places you go there is another kind of contagion whatever be your state you know i was very happy to go to this meditation room here i don't know how many have really used this facility or not if there is one real facility in your university it is a meditation room which is tremendous i mean apart from all the other facilities uh, it really is a great facility and uh, i was so happy because uh, apart from oro university very few places have this kind of a thing uh, one place i know arvindai hospital has this kind of a facility and this is a place where whatever you know there should be a place where whatever your state you go there and automatically as if you enter into another zone so we human beings live on many many one we are surrounded by many kinds of influences some which we have received right from our childhood with the mother's milk as the same anxiety flows with the mother's milk even when the baby is in the womb this is for some of us who are going to be future parents please remember that the influence on a child starts right when the baby is in the womb and there are documented studies that the child your baby is listening is receiving and he comes out and you have already given him a whole set of things which sometimes unfortunately takes a lifetime to get rid of the same thing applies to everyday activity in life as we go through life we receive these influences it's not just about television it's not just about friends it's just simply the whole world is teeming with these kind of vibrations and we are caught up in a zone where there is lot of turbulence lot of anxiety lot of fear it's you know breathing in the atmosphere so what is needed is well is this going to be always like that no what is needed is that we need to discover within us some space if at all where these things are not a space of peace a space space of quietude a space of space of true empowerment a space where automatically we feel in control of a life a space where we feel that if we were to will from that point of advantage things will be the way we want them to be it is possible there is a space as we come out there is there are a lot of contradictory wills inside us one thing wants this one thing wants this they cancel each other and the net result is a confusion our inner confusion begins to reflect outside but there is a space within us if we can enter that space and will from there things begin to change this may sound very fantastic but let me tell you a real life story 
it is uh, there in dr andrew wills book on healing he was an md doctor and then he studied alternate medicines went to arizona jungles and this is a wonderful book uh, he has written on health and healing dr andrew wills so he recounts the story of a lady who was suffering from cancer and uh, she was also carrying a baby and she was you know desperately because of the pain she said give me euthanasia now not only she wants to die there is a baby in the womb and she wants even the baby to die because she is suffering desperately so during that time there was a research going on on one of the uh, psychotropic substances um, lsd that was a time research was allowed on this uh, substance because people thought it has some good properties and it had to be done only on people who were nearing death because you know they won't mind nobody else you can do it because they may get dependent so this research was being done now when she was put under a state of lst induced hypnosis this doctor started asking her what's happening what's happening and then she he asked her a crucial question as she was going deeper and deeper it usually gives a very bad experience i must tell you but in this case it was a very controlled study and at some point he asked her a question do you want your baby to die and very spontaneously this lady because at that point all her surface rational mind and the pain and because of that whatever she was thinking that was not active she said no then he asked her don't you want to take charge of a life yes of course and that's all there was no other suggestion given and as this lady came out she suddenly felt the need of a great change the first thing she did was change her job change her lifestyle changed even a husband with whom she was going through a very difficult period for many years and the strange part was that this lady who was on the deathbed she delivered a healthy baby she lived on for the next 20 years when this book was written she was still alive and she had changed the kind of job she was doing now this happens because deep inside us there is a kind of original script and we over a period of time because you know everybody gives our own their own script to us to enact isn't it you must do this you must become this and quite naturally we all get at some point cheesed off that look i mean let me lead my life but what really is my life my life is equally not a life where i am moved by thousand influences my life is not a life which is led by watching the tv screen now this my life the need to lead my life is a wonderful thing it's a great thing which has come today it's like a mantra of the age but to lead your life one has to cut through all these layers in which we are trapped and caught and discover your true angst your true true will what is it that you really want to do and if you can really discover it destiny begins to change there is a very nice uh, urdu couplet written by a, a famous poet justice mohammad iqbal some of you may have heard he wrote the famous sare jahan se acha hindustan hamara and uh, He writes, "Khudi ko kar buland itna." I'll speak out in Urdu, then translate it for you. Khudi ko kar buland itna ki har takdir ke pehle, Khuda bande se khud puche, bata teri raza kya hai. Khudi ko kar buland itna. Yourself, 
योर सेल्फ विल इतना बुलंद मेक इट सो स्ट्रांग मेक इट सो पावरफुल दैट खुदा बंदे से खुद पूछे गॉड आसियो टेल मी वॉट इज योर विल हेयर इज अ ब्लैंड पेपर राइट इट वॉट यू वॉन्ट एंड आई से सेंक्शन इट इज इट पॉसिबल टू मेक योर विल सो स्ट्रांग साउंड इम्पॉसिबल बट वॉट इज मैन इफ इज नॉट मैन टू डू इम्पॉसिबल थिंग्स वॉट इज द यूज ऑफ डूइंग थिंग्स विच एवरीबडी डज There is a great joy in even trying to do the impossible. If I were to ask, is it better to try to climb Mount Everest? May not all um, Mount Everest is a figure doing something very difficult, and fall on the roads than to simply run the run of the mill kind of life, which is better? Everest, trying to scale the impossible, that gives man the real sense of manhood. even if you fail even if you fall the effort is worthwhile but we are made to believe from childhood that our will is very small right from childhood you have a problem you have a pain you go to a doctor and he suddenly makes you feel i am a doctor medical doctor myself and doctors make you feel my god this is this he puts a big label no you have a little itching in the throat and says acute pharyngitis now you feel this a monster you know and you have to take injection amoxicillin another monster so you are caught between two monsters and you feel oh my god i am not in charge of my life who is in charge of your life now the doctor and the doctor may not be a monster but after a while many of them turn out to be one because they capitalize on your fear because they also need to build houses doctors pandits all these people capitalize on your fear